What shirt are you wearing? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. All right, two can play that game. Hang on a second. Oh, you're going you're, you're gonna, you're gonna to get that pink jersey out for this week? <laughs> Hello, welcome to a Thursday edition of Always College Football. Not just any Thursday edition. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We can't tell you how much we appreciate how much time you've spent with us this entire season. We are so thankful to you, and we are so, so incredibly grateful to all the different clicks and interactions that we've had throughout the course of the season. We've had our disagreements, we've had our arguments, but man, here we are at the end, and we're going to miss you guys. <laughs> so we're going to miss the disagreements on who's going to beat who, because this is officially the last week of the college football season. But from our families to yours, know that we love you and we appreciate you, and we're going to continue to churn out content just like we have up to this point. For Mark Kubiak and for Jack Foster, I'm Greg McElroy. Welcome in. Today is a big day. Why? Because we're going to have Chris the Bear Felica join us. We're going to hit all the different angles and try to find some value for you as we evaluate some of these gambling lines. So let's not waste any time. Let's get to it. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, we welcome in Chris the Bear Felica. He just uh, lovingly adjusted his camera to make sure I could see his shirt. Um, I hope that that shirt has a hole in it, and I hope you spill Thanksgiving gravy all over the down the front. Are you wearing that to Thanksgiving meal today? Um, I, I, it, it, to make you happy, Greg, yeah. It's my, it's my cooking shirt. Uh, that way I forget <laughs> if I spill any grease or, or cranberry, I, I won't ruin a, a great article. But uh, I, I wore this just to... Despite you and wind it up, I got I got friends on the equipment staff there at Auburn, and they sent me a nice little care package a couple of weeks ago. So I figured it would be a great opportunity to uh, to to break it out and and wind you up a little bit. The best part about it is we had exchanged pleasantries uh, beforehand, and then right as we're getting ready to start, the, you you adjust last second to pop it, so you get a genuine reaction mm -hmm. as we're recording. I'm I, just I, so. I'm so oh. just. I'm really bothered by that. I thought we were I, friends. I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. <laughs> and I, I know. I know how. To, I know how to keep a secret and holding the day. Uh, and keeping and make a nice little surprise there for you. Uh, I like good. that, Bear. I you. like that very, You're very welcome. much. Uh, let's get to the action. Let's start with the Egg Bowl today. We're just a few hours away from things getting underway. Happy Thanksgiving, I might add, uh, to you, my friend. I hope, you. I hope you guys have something nice planned on your first Thursday off in a while. So yeah. uh, <laughs> very much looking forward to the action tonight between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. 
Um, two and a half is the line. Now, Ole Miss at home, you would think that number would be more significant. Ole Miss last year, really good job spreading the ball sideline to sideline, taking advantage of their their advantage athletically. And yet here Mississippi State is catching two and a half on the road. It almost screams Mississippi State, but I think that's an overreaction to some of the Lane Kiffin news and the and the smoke that's out there about him potentially leaving for Auburn. I don't know, Bear. I, I kind of like the Rebs here. Yeah, I, I kind of lean the other side. Look, I, I know weather could be an issue later in, in this game, and does that favor the team that's more apt to run the ball and Ole Miss or the team that kind of just going to use short passes? Um, I think Mississippi State has a better defense, so I, I think that also has something to come into play. I actually would lean towards taking uh, taking the Bulldogs tonight plus the uh, plus the points. I like that. All right, opposite ends already. I just don't like that overreaction to the Arkansas performance last week. It just makes me feel a little uneasy, uh, even though when I see two and a half, they're giving away three at home. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that more of a uh, uh, an Arkansas just kind of do kind of do to play their best game of the year and you get KJ back and everybody right. kind of comes on the. I, I think that was more of, of, of a situation to play with Ole Miss coming off of the, the, the close call against the Alabama as well. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of mad at myself that I didn't, didn't see that or, or expect that as much going into the game. Cause I certainly uh, could have had a, a very nice play on Arkansas in that game. Had I really, I've been able to get out ahead of that, but I didn't, and it was a missed opportunity, and we'll see what happens here. Maybe you maybe all Miss bounces back tonight uh, off of the poor effort last week. We'll see. No, we'll, we shall. I, I do think that it's an interesting game nonetheless and one that I hope everybody's watching tonight up against the NFL game. Uh, I only watched my friends on Thursday night in the NFL games. Uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> as a Cowboy fan, I've, I've probably, knowing how we usually perform on Thanksgiving, I'm ready. I'm fully prepared for us to lay an egg. Uh, all right, let's go on to the Friday slate. Bear, we got some good action on Friday. Mm-hmm. NC State, North Carolina, very interesting. North Carolina coming off the disappointing what performance. Was that? I, I love North Carolina here. Like I, I just NC State. I think I've been saying for weeks. I don't like NC State. I don't think they're any good. I think North Carolina got caught looking ahead. I think North Carolina got caught reading their press clippings. Got off to a fast start and then exhaled. They're laying six at home. Give me the Tar Heels all day long here. Even though NC State will likely play great and probably win outright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I would I would look towards the uh, the North Carolina team total. Uh, over here and maybe an over in the game. I don't know how many points NC State's going to be able to score. That will probably be helped a little bit uh, because Tar Heels defense isn't great, even though they played uh, pretty well last week against against Georgia Tech. But I I would think off of the performance last week with with Downs dropping a a big play, Drake having his worst game of the year, I would expect North Carolina to, at the very least, to put some points on the board. So I'd look at playing the, uh, the North Carolina team total over. Uh, I can get on board there. Baylor and Texas, also an interesting one. Slight Big 12 championship. Uh, I guess Texas can w- make their way in, but it's slim. Well, uh, it's I think- not slim, real. I mean, they all they just have to win on Friday and then hope that Kansas pulls the upset against Kansas State. I mean, look, Kansas is not going in. For the first time in a long time, Kansas is not going into that game w- w- without hope. So yeah, I I know they're it's uh, in Manhattan. Though. It is I in mean, Manhattan. You're in a double Lawrence. digit dog, and you've been dominated in the series, and you've already reached bowl eligibility. But 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 at the same time, you you come off that effort uh, 
last week against Texas where he got absolutely trucked. I mean, I would expect that. I would expect Kansas to come back this week and play well. Now, or can they go there and win? I don't know. But but if, if you're a Texas fan, you're certainly not going into the weekend w- without hope. I like Texas this week. I just wonder how Baylor can can possibly uh, get back, back up after giving yeah. that game away last week uh, against TCU. Um, that, that one's got to hurt a lot. Look, I, I know I know Texas is going to be the public side here. Uh, but the way they ran the ball and dominated the line of scrimmage last week, uh, that's a great sign. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not. With all of the close calls that Texas has had and losing some games and people saying the whole, oh, Texas again, oh, here we go again. Like, if you can't see that Texas has improved, like that's a you problem. Sure, everyone's expecting to be automatically this eleven and one, uh, ten and two type team. But defensively, their defensive line is so much better than much better than, than what it's been. So look, I, I know I know people are hold Texas to a different standard, and that's fine. But this is not the this is not like Tom Herman six and six era type Texas, which is going to give up a million points and a million yards a game. But I like Texas to uh, to get this one. I think relatively easily on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Texas gets it done. Let's go to the territory. Arizona State and Arizona feels like an opportunity for Arizona to... They just feel like the right side here. Arizona State's kind of had their number. Uh, Arizona State has been jawing for a while about just, you know, oh my God, what an embarrassment after since Kevin Sumlin got fired a couple years ago because of this performance. Like, it just feels like the right time for Arizona to break through. I'd lay the short number in Tucson, minus three and a half. That place will be going bonkers, especially to get off to a fast start. So I like Arizona in this spot, laying the points yeah. at home. Yeah, it's, it's Arizona or pass for me. It's four pretty much everywhere now. Uh, Arizona State, I think last week you saw the injuries that they have on the offensive side of the ball, really having a hard time moving the ball and scoring against uh, against Wazoo. Actually, no, it wasn't was it was was it last week? I can't even remember. Was Arizona maybe? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I just uh, I had my 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 weeks confused. Uh, but but Arizona is <laughs> certainly a team that you can move the ball on. But at the same time, they're going to score points. Um, I I just don't think the way this Arizona State offense is constructed right now. I don't like their their their, their chances here of matching Arizona point for point. I think it's a really good opportunity for Arizona to uh, to kind of take out their frustrations on the recent ASU uh, dominance in the series and, and, and get a win. So yeah, give, give me give me uh, give me the cats minus the points here. Uh, I like that. I can get on board with that. Bear, how do we feel a little bit about teams that need their sixth win? to find bowl mm-hmm. eligibility because I look at like a team like Missouri this weekend, not all that dissimilar. We just talked about Ole Miss and, you know, Arkansas needed that win to get to bowl eligibility. Missouri sitting here five and six, they welcome Arkansas to their place. It's a game for a trophy. And now they're three and a half point dogs at home. I, I lean, I, I like Missouri here. I mean, I think they can neutralize the line of scrimmage. They're good up front defensively. I like Missouri here to to punch their ticket to the postseason. Yeah, it's it's three it's three now in a lot of places as well, and uh, I, I get it. I think it comes back to what we were talking about 
about Arkansas last week. Like, like, was that just Arkansas's game? Was that their week that they invested everything? Uh, they got their win. They beat up on on an SEC West uh, SEC West rival there in, in Ole Miss, and now it's like, okay, we're good to go. We got our win. Now we're going right. to go out on the road and just kind of go through the motions. Um, I would lean to you to, uh, w- with you uh, taking Missouri in this game, but certainly not one that I would, would certainly be all in on. No, I'm, I'm, I don't know how you can be all in on any in the rivalry world. Right. <laughs> what about this one, Bear? Florida, Florida State. Florida State has been on fire of late. Nine and a half, Florida. Might be the off. best team in the ACC right now. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play them. They have been playing great football. And if they were to, I think, play in an ACC championship game against Clemson right now, I, I like their chances. I really they had do. five bad minutes in that game. Basically, right before, right before halftime and right after halftime. And there are, I mean, yeah, those minutes count a great deal. But uh, they, they were certainly in that game for quite some time. Yeah, they were. I think they're playing very good, and they are extremely confident. Florida, meanwhile, coming off the loss to Vanderbilt, first loss at Vanderbilt since 1988, nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, I thought what was most interesting here, Bear, I thought last year Florida State was by far the more motivated team. They were playing great down the stretch, and then Florida went in and just absolutely pounded them with an interim coach and all this other stuff. So and just but they were more physical, and it was sh- surprising because they just thought Florida was going to mail it in. Uh, now the shoe's kind of on the other foot. It feels like you know Florida might mail it in, but not really. They, they kind of want to have it. They want to finish their season on a high note, and they could play the spoiler. I, I don't know, Bear. To me, I kind of lean towards taking the points here with the Florida Gators. Yeah, I, I do too, and I think the way the game went last week in Nashville, I mean – how do you respond after the embarrassment of getting get, getting beat like that at Vandy? Like that, that, that how the players react to that, uh, and, and now you're playing your rival on the road. It's a bit in, in Napier's first year. It's a big deal, I think, for them because Florida State, I think, is a team that really moving forward is it. It looks like Norvell has gotten that team. Uh, he weeded out whatever he needed to weed out in his first couple of years, and, and now he has that thing working. So it, this was to be a massive win for uh, for Norvell and Florida State if they can get it. But I tend to agree with you. I think laying nine and a half here is probably a little bit too many. This is probably going to be one of those games too where where the public is going to be all over the Knolls just because of the apparent direction of these two teams right now. So I would I would lean towards taking the Gators. And the uh, the nine and a half as well. Yeah, it definitely feels like Florida State would be the public side. Let's get to Saturday's action. Goodness gracious, we have some action. Uh, a lot of great ones. Let's start with the game. Let's not waste any more time. Michigan and Ohio State. Nine was originally the number. Then it was eight. Then it was seven and a half. It's kind of bounced around. I don't know how you can't take Michigan. I, I know very much that Ohio State is a juggernaut offensively. But I'm, I don't know yet. Like, who's the team bear that could actually replicate the offensive uh, recipe against Ohio State's defense on their schedule this year? Like, who's the team that could pound them into submission and shorten the game? There's not one. I'm not sure that Ohio State's addressed the issues that they had last year defensively. I think Jim Knowles is a whole heck of a lot better than the previous staff. But I think that some of their players, especially in the middle of that defense, they've not quite seen the style of attack that they're going to see this week. So 
I lean Michigan in the points. I'd even sprinkle a little bit on the money line because I feel like that number is just begging for Ohio State money. Yeah, I, I would also say this, though. Like, like, Does Michigan's inability to score in the red zone, score touchdowns in the red zone, does that concern you in this game? Because we saw it, we saw it again last week against Illinois. We saw it against Michigan State. We saw it against Illinois, two teams that are incapable of scoring points, and it did not come back to haunt them in either of those games. It nearly did last week, but now you're going to be facing a team that is going to score a touchdown. So right. I, I don't know. I I keep – last week I would have been on Michigan. Now it's like, okay, how – is Quorum – like, is he completely good to go? Is Donovan Edwards completely good to go? Like, I, I think the, the questions you have injury-wise in the back of your mind, like how, the quarterback position, like if they have to rely on the passing game, like, or can they do that? I don't, I don't know, man. Like, but at the same time, do you trust Ohio State's offensive line to to handle Michigan up front? Like, if I had to make one play on this game right now, I think it would be the under. Yeah. Uh, because I, I do think Michigan's going, like you said, is going to try and shorten the game. Uh, I'm not sure Ohio State's offense is going to have uh, the type of success that it has had for pretty much the entire season. Uh, you've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has the the slowest healing hamstring in the history of, of college sports, apparently. You, you look like Trevor Henderson's nicked up again. So, like, I don't know, a lot of injury questions in this game. So I'm not too anxious to get fully involved in this game. But but I think under, if I had to play one thing, would be the play that I would make. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's the right side for sure, especially highly, you know, highly anticipated game. It feels like the Super Bowl. Like, taking the over in the Super Bowl is the most public thing you can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just can't exactly. do it. Like, automatic underplay, like, to me. I, I'm with you. I think Michigan can get physical with them and can keep it underneath that 57 right now. Let's go to Notre Dame Messi, another game involving playoff contenders. I, I don't know where the love is coming. I Don't get me wrong. I'm very impressed with SC's firepower. I think they're excellent. I know last week was a great game. That was a track meet, man. If there's one thing I learned is that SC defensively has some issues. <laughs> and I, I I like Notre Dame. I, like, I almost would be tempted to put a little on the money line for the Irish in this game because I don't think SC has seen a physical presence quite like this. I, I really don't think they've seen it. And, man, I like the Irish to potentially play the spoiler because they got nothing to lose. You, you, you don't like seven yards of play and – 513 yards allowed. You don't like that defense? Not when the other defense is not that way. I mean, I don't hate it when the other defense is porous too, like was last week, USC, UCLA. But man, with Notre Dame, you're going to have to earn your yardage against the Irish. You are. And I, and I think Notre Dame offensively, has, look, it's going to come down to what everything has come, whatever the SC game has come down to, the turnovers. Like, like they, they have the, the Iowa turnover voodoo doll from last year going for them. Four times this year they forced four turnovers in a game. Like, like it's amazing that they're continuing to get the turnover luck that they have. Uh, but now you're facing a Notre Dame team that they're going to be, I think, more reliant on the on, on the running game. They're going to they're control the line of scrimmage. Like I, I don't think they're going to put Pine in a position to turn the ball over like DTR did a bunch last week. Again, I would lean towards the under in this game because I don't know how many possessions SC is going to have. I don't know how many points uh, Notre Dame is going to is going down. Now, look, 
I think the potential is there for either Notre Dame to win this game or for SC to win this game by like three scores. If if turnovers do happen and Notre Dame can't score, like there there's a potential SC could just blow them out and put together some some CFP style points to to, to potentially make their case for a, a large margin of victory to get in. But at the same time, like I said, I could see Notre Dame shortening this game, not turning the ball over, and here we are in the uh, in the fourth quarter, and this game is 21-20. So yeah, I don't love the game. Again, I think I would lean towards playing the under if I had to play this game. And if you were like Notre Dame, I would probably wait a little bit uh, because I, I think by the kickoff on Saturday – we might get we're we're, we're going to get six six and a half, and maybe this number might climb up even more because I think yes, everyone is going to be on a C this week. Yeah, it se- certainly seems that way. That's for sure. Let's go next to these uh, to the game involving both Oregon and Oregon State. This to me, three and a half is the line. I I'm just I I have to take Oregon State. I just really, have to. Ooh, I, I disagree. I know. I I get that three and a half. It opened at three. Now it's up to three and a half. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't like the movement by any stretch of the imagination. Oregon State, though, to me, with how they attack defensively, I think they can make life difficult if Bo Nix is still a stationary target. So I, and plus Oregon to me feels like they're in a, I mean, this feels like a desperation mode. Feels, feels for Oregon State, they got nothing to lose. Play freely, go throw your shot. This is in Corvallis, tough spot to be in. Uh, to me, I like Oregon State. I like the setup for them in this spot. I think they can run the football, and I don't know if Oregon's going to play as well on defense as they did last week. I just don't. I don't anticipate that. Yeah, I do actually because I don't think Oregon State offense is really going to stretch the Ducks. Uh, I love the fact that Lanning took over the defense and and, and it showed last week. I like Oregon here. I, I think uh, their ability to, to to run the ball. Obviously, I think Knicks will be a week healthier, which will be good. Uh, I don't think Oregon State can really threaten them uh, and really scare them offensively. I'm laying the points here with Oregon. We're we're on opposite sides here, I think, pretty strongly. I like that. All right, let's go. Now we're talking, Bear. These are are the things I like to see. Let's get into some rivalry games with double-digit margins. I, I don't know if it is a rivalry game, I guess, but some people consider LSU and AM a rivalry game. I don't know. I don't that's not it's like a not, traditional rivalry to it's me. Not but. A traditional <laughs> rivalry game. Why? Well, because it's like Baton Rouge and Houston like are somewhat or a college station are somewhat close to stop. Is that a rivalry <laughs> game? Come on, you I mean it's a ge- geographic rival, I suppose. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh this line now sitting at ten. I thought this line stunk, Bear. I don't know about you, it just kind of stunk to me when it opened at nine. And I think probably everybody and their brother immediately jumped on LSU mm-hmm. and saw that number. But AM, man, it's been kind of a big guess. What are they going to be? So any lean in some of these big double-digit dogs? You got that one. You got Alabama's a 21-and-a-half-point favorite over Auburn. You got Tennessee, who's a two-touchdown favorite over Vanderbilt. And then you got Kansas-Kansas State, which right now sits at 12. Like those are some big margins, some they big are. spreads against quality rivals. They are, and you know, I mean, look, Alabama is more talented than Auburn, but you know, the way Auburn has played for Cadillac Williams, like they are playing hard. And again, I'm just trying to put myself in the position of an Alabama player who knows you're not going to the SEC title game, and you're you're not going like like. 
are, are you going to play for old state U uh, to, to beat your rival, or is it going to be like back of your head? You know what I'm going to got 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 a career to worry about. So look, I, I I don't know. It's it feels like a lot of points, but it's one of the, also at the same time one of those things where you worry about if you lay those points and you, or if you take the points, you could be sitting there eight minutes into the game and it's fourteen nothing and you're sitting there just basically drawn dead. So yeah. I, I don't know. And then it's the same thing with LSU and A&M. Like, like what have we seen from A&M over the last, what, month of the year to think that they're going to show up and play? Like, it looks like the fan base is kind of fed up with the season. I'm sure a lot of the players are fed up with the season. What kind of effort are you going to get from the Aggies? Uh, and at the same time, what kind of effort are you going to get from LSU? Like, I, I mean, look, they, they know that two wins and they're in the playoff. Uh, but but at the same time, asking to go on the road, uh, win by double digits in, in, in kind of just the worst possible situation, like week before the SEC championship game, it's kind of a tough situation. So, but, but LSU's answered the bell in every tough situation this year, uh, outside of the, uh, the the game against Tennessee, where they just got absolutely drilled. But uh, the, 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 the Florida game, the Ole Miss game, the Alabama game. The Arkansas game last week, so Brian Kelly has had them mentally prepared every week. So I, I would think to expect that again. Like the evidence is there that they they've kind of been prepared every week. So I would expect that to happen uh, again on Saturday. No, I love it. What about Tennessee Vandy with no Hendon Hooker? Ugh, I mean, it, fourteen it, is a lot of points. It, it is, but at the same, I mean, I mean, I you sit here and. I just draw and harken back to 2007 Oregon when they kind of had everything going for them. Dixon was at very least going to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Um, they probably were the best team in the country in 2007 until Dixon got hurt, going to the playoff, going to the BC. Like There are a lot of comparisons and similarities between where Tennessee was at the point of the season and where Oregon, and you just saw after Dixon got, got injured and, their season kind of fell apart. Like, what's going to happen on Saturday? Like, will Tennessee rally and and beat up on Vandy, or is it going to be kind of a just? I can't believe that this just happened. Our season is ruined, and and now you have a, and a team on the other side who has a chance to beat Tennessee and get to a bowl game. My inkling is they'll show up and, and they'll play well and try to put a number on the board just because. Last week was so bad and so yeah. demoralizing. I would expect the, the. I mean, outside of that, I mean, they, they've had a great season, so I would expect Tennessee to come back and uh, play well. I would lean towards uh, laying the points here, but but again, it's one of those. Maybe it's one of those things where you lay the points going in because you know Tennessee's the, the the better team, and at the same time, if you get a, an inkling after watching a drive or two. You play, uh, you place them back on the uh, on the Vandy money line if it does appear that the game could go that direction. I have a hard time thinking that Tennessee folds their ten. I think they'll I play too. hard. I, I just, I'd be surprised if they lose. They they could lose. I mean, it's anything's possible, but I, I don't I don't think Vandy's gonna be able to run it down their throat. I think if you're gonna beat Tennessee, it's got to be through the air, and I'm not convinced that Vandy could do that. Uh, South Carolina, Clemson, the other side of the reaction, you know, <laughs> South Carolina now, hey, they're, they're America's team after that performance last week. I, I lean Clemson. Uh, you know, I think the overreaction and the sellout there that South Carolina had in williams Bryce, 
think a lot of people are going to strongly react say, oh, well, South Carolina, look, they found something. They're going to be able to do it now against Clemson and end that win streak. Uh, I don't think so. I think Clemson's defense is too good. And I'm not convinced that Spencer Rattler will replicate the magic that he had last week. So I kind of lean Clemson here in this spot. Yeah, I, I agree. Like that was a a complete anomaly. Like, like I don't know how that happened. Uh, you were looking at a team that scored what 18 touchdowns all year in SEC play, and they put up nine in that one. Like, like it was. I, I was trying to tr- draw a parallel in my head as to what game that reminded me of, and like I came back to the Iowa Ohio State game. What was it, 2017? I think. But at the same time, that was like. Barrett throwing pick sixes and stuff like like this this was just the inability of Tennessee to just get a stop yeah. so it was it was amazing to watch and, and and I think if you're Clemson that was the best thing that could have happened if you're Dabo Sweeney and that team to put them on notice and now at the same time you're going to see a lot of talking heads look out for South Carolina this week they got to go if you're looking for like the rivalry, every rivalry week, like you, you expect a, a fight before the before the game kicks off or in warmups. Stay tuned for this one. I think, I think South Carolina <laughs> could be a little boat up this week after that win. Clemson might be looking to stake their turf a little bit. Like this could be a little interesting in the pregame. But I would agree with you. I would I would lead towards laying the points here with Clemson. No, I love it, Bear. Awesome stuff. Anything else that jumps off the page to you, buddy? Or are you in good shape? No, it, it's it's a tough week, man. Like, like it, it's just I have a like you just don't know how some of these teams are are, are going to react uh, if if your season's over, or, or a lot of times you hit earlier about teams looking for bold eligibility. Sometimes you sometimes you press too much and and, and bad things happen. So. Uh, we're 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 gonna uh, we're we're gonna tread carefully this week because uh, you don't want to play you don't want to play any games Saturday that might have a, an effect uh, on a, on a on a Friday result. So uh, certainly watch these games uh, tonight and tomorrow before you draw any conclusions on Saturday. No doubt about it, man. Great stuff as always. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games today, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. We will take care. Everybody have a great day. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks to Chris the Bear Felica. Awesome visiting with him. So grateful that he has the time here on Thanksgiving morning. Even though he's wearing his Auburn shirt, we're gonna we're gonna look beyond that. We're gonna we're gonna just focus on the information and not so much on the shirt. All right. That's all we can that's all we can take from it, that's for sure. So for all of us here at Always College Football, please like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. It helps the show out. If you can leave us a message in the comment section. Know how much we appreciate that. 
Our interactions with you have been awesome up to this point of the season. If you're on the podcast, just hit that subscribe button, send us a message, send us a review, leave us a five-star rating. We're in great shape if you do those three things here on Thanksgiving. But like I said earlier, we're so thankful for you. We're so appreciative of you. Y'all are the reason why we're here and we're the reason why we will continue to be here every single day of the college football season. So for Jack Foster and Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a phenomenal day. And remember, it's always college football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.